Section 1 of An Essay Concerning Human Understanding. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. An Essay Concerning Human Understanding by John Locke. Section 1. Book 1 neither principles nor ideas are innate chapter one no innate speculative principles one the way shown how we come by any knowledge sufficient to prove it not innate it is an established opinion among some men that there are in the understanding certain innate principles some primary notions characters as it is stamped upon the mind of man which the soul receives in its very first being and brings it into the world with it it would be sufficient to convince unprejudiced readers of the falseness of this supposition if i should only show as i hope i shall in the following parts of this discourse how men barely by the use of their natural faculties may attain to all the knowledge they have without the help of any innate impressions and may arrive at certainty without any such original notions or principles for i imagine any one will easily grant that it would be impertinent to suppose the ideas of colours innate in a creature to whom god hath given sight and a power to receive them by the eyes from the external objects and no less unreasonable would it be to attribute several truths to the impressions of nature and innate characters when we may observe in ourselves faculties fit to attain as easy and certain knowledge of them as if they were originally imprinted on the mind but because man is not permitted without censure to follow his own thoughts in the search of truth when they lead him ever so little out of the common road I shall set down the reasons that made me doubt of the truth of that opinion as an excuse for my mistake if i be in one which i leave to be considered by those who with me dispose themselves to embrace truth wherever they find it two general assent the great argument there is nothing more commonly taken for granted than that there are certain principles both speculative and practical for they speak of both universally agreed upon by all mankind which therefore they argue must needs be the constant impressions which the souls of men receive in their first beings and which they bring into the world with them as necessarily and really as they do any of their inherent faculties three universal consent proves nothing innate this argument drawn from universal consent has this misfortune in it that if it were true in matter of fact that there were certain truths wherein all mankind agreed it would not prove them innate if there can be any other way shown how men may come to that universal agreement in things they do consent in which i presume may be done 
4. What is is, and it is possible for the same thing to be and not to be, not universally assented to. But which is worse, this argument of universal consent, which is made use of to prove innate principles, seems to me a demonstration that there are none such, because there are none to which all mankind give an universal assent. I shall begin with a speculative and instance in those magnified principles of demonstration. Whatsoever is, is, and it is impossible for the same thing to be and not to be, which, of all others, I think have the most allowed title to innate. These have so settled the reputation of maxims universally received, that it will no doubt be thought strange if any one should seem to question it. But yet, I take liberty to say that these propositions are so far from having any universal assent, that there are a great part of mankind to whom they are not so much as known. 5. Not on mind naturally imprinted, because not known to children, idiots, and etc. For first, it is evident that all children and idiots have not the least apprehension or thought of them, and the want of that is enough to destroy that universal assent which must needs be the necessary concomitant of all innate truths, it seeming to me near a contradiction to say that there are truths imprinted on the soul which it perceives or understands not. Imprinting, if it signify anything, being nothing else but the making certain truths to be perceived. For to imprint anything on the mind without the mind's perceiving it seems to me hardly intelligible. If therefore children and idiots have souls, have minds, with those impressions upon them, they must unavoidably perceive them, unnecessarily know and assent to these truths, which, since they do not, it is evident that there are no such impressions. For, if they are not notions naturally imprinted, how can they be innate? And if they are notions imprinted, how can they be unknown? To say a notion is imprinted on the mind, and yet at the same time to say that the mind is ignorant of it, and never yet took notice of it, is to make this impression nothing. No proposition can be said to be in the mind which it never yet knew, which it was never yet conscious of. For if any one may, then, by the same reason, all propositions that are true, and the mind is capable ever of assenting to, may be said to be in the mind, and to be imprinted. Since, if any one can be said to be in the mind, which it never yet knew, it must be only because it is capable of knowing it. And so the mind is of all truths it ever shall know. Nay, thus, truths may be imprinted on the mind, which it never did, nor ever shall know. For a man may live long, and die at last in ignorance of many truths, 
which his mind was capable of knowing and that with certainty so that if the capacity of knowing be natural impression contended for all the truths a man ever comes to know will by this account be every one of them innate and this great point will amount to no more but only to a very improper way of speaking which whilst it pretends to assert the contrary sees nothing different from those who deny innate principles for nobody i think ever denied that the mind was capable of knowing several truths the capacity they say is innate the knowledge acquired but then to what end such contest for certain innate maxims if truth can be imprinted on the understanding without being perceived i can see no difference there can be between any truths the mind is capable of knowing in respect of their original they must all be innate or all adventures in vain shall a man go about to distinguish them he therefore that talks of innate notions in the understanding cannot if he intend thereby any distinct sort of truths mean such truths to be in the understanding as it never perceived and is it wholly ignorant of for if these words to be in the understanding have any propriety they signify to be understood so that to be in the understanding and not to be understood to be in the mind and never to be perceived is all one as to say anything is and is not in the mind or understanding if therefore these two propositions whatsoever is is and it is impossible for the same thing to be and not to be are by nature imprinted children cannot be ignorant of them infants and all that have souls must necessarily have them in their understandings know the truth of them and assent to it six that men know them when they come to the use of reason answered to avoid this it is usually answered that all men know and assent to them when they come to the use of reason and this is enough to prove them in it i answer seven doubtful expressions that have scarce any signification go for clear reasons to those who being prepossessed take not the pains to examine even what they themselves say for to apply this answer with any tolerable sense to our present purpose it must signify one of these two things either that as soon as men come to the use of reason these supposed native inscriptions come to be known and observed by them or else that the use and exercise of men's reasons assists them in the discovery of these principles and certainly makes them known to them eight if reason discovered them that would not prove them innate if they mean that by the use of reason men may discover these principles and that this is sufficient to prove them innate their way of arguing will stand thus like that whatever truths reason can certainly discover to us and make us firmly assent to those are all naturally imprinted on the mind since that universal assent 
which made the mark of them amounts to no more but this that by the use of reason we are capable to come to a certain knowledge of and assent to them and by this means there will be no difference between the maxims of mathematicians and the theorems they deduce from them all must be equally allowed innate they being all discoveries made by the use of reason and truths that a rational creature may certainly come to know if he applies his thoughts rightly that way nine it is false that reason discovers them but how can these men think the use of reason necessary to discover principles that are supposed to be innate when reason if we may believe them is nothing else but the faculty of deducing unknown truths from the principles or propositions that are already known that certainly can never be thought innate which we have need of reason to discover unless as i have said we will have all the certain truths that reason ever teaches us to be innate we may as well think the use of reason necessary to make our eyes discover visible objects as that there should be need of reason or the exercise thereof to make the understanding see what is originally engraven on it and cannot be in the understanding before it be perceived by it so that to make reason discover those truths thus imprinted is to say that the use of reason discovers to man what he knew before and if men have those innate impressed truths originally and before the use of reason and yet are always ignorant of them till they have come to the use of reason it is in effect to say that men know and know them not at the same time ten no use made of reasoning in the discovery of these two maxims it will here perhaps be said that mathematical demonstrations and other truths that are not innate are not assented to as soon as proposed wherein they are distinguished from these maxims and other innate truths i shall have occasion to speak of assent upon the first proposing more particularly by and by i shall here only and that very readily allow that these maxims and mathematical demonstrations are in this different that the one have need of reason using of proofs to make them out and to gain our assent but the other as soon as understood are without any least reasoning embraced and assented to but i withal beg leave to observe that it leaves open the weakness of this subterfuge which requires the use of reason for the discovery of these general truths since it must be confessed that in their discovery there is no use made of reasoning at all and i think those who give this answer will not be forward to affirm that the knowledge of this maxim that is impossible for the same thing to be and not to be is the detection of our reason for this would be to destroy that a bounty of nature they seem so fond of whilst they make the knowledge of those principles to depend on the labour of our thoughts for all reasoning is search and casting about and requires pains and application and how can it with any tolerable sense be supposed that 
what was imprinted by nature as the foundation and guide of our reason should need the use of reason to discover it Eleven, and if there were this would prove them not innate those who will take the pains to reflect with a little attention on the operations of the understanding will find that this ready assent of the mind to some truths depends not either on native inscription or the use of reason but on the faculty of the mind quite distinct from both of them as we shall see hereafter reason therefore having nothing to do in procuring our assent to these maxims if by saying that men know and assent to them when they come to the use of reason be meant that the use of reason assists us in the knowledge of these maxims it is utterly false and were it true would prove them not to be innate twelve the coming of the use of reason not the time we come to know these maxims if by knowing and assenting to them when we come to the use of reason be meant that this is the time when they come to be taken notice of by the mind and that as soon as children come to the use of reason they come also to know and assent to these maxims this also is false and frivolous first it is false because it is evident that these maxims are not in the mind so early as the use of reason and therefore the coming to the use of reason is falsely assigned as the time of their discovery how many instances of the use of reason may we observe in children a long time before they have any knowledge of this maxim that it is impossible for the same thing to be and not to be and a great part of illiterate people and savages pass many years even of their rational age without ever thinking on this and the general propositions i grant men come not to the knowledge of these general and more abstract truths which are thought innate till they have come to the use of reason and i add nor then neither which is so because till after they come to the use of reason those general abstract ideas are not framed in the mind about which those general maxims are which are mistaken for innate principles but are indeed discoveries made and verities introduced and brought into the mind by the same way and discovered by the same steps as several other propositions which nobody was ever so extravagant as to suppose innate this i hope to make plain in the sequel of this discourse i allow therefore a necessity that men should come to the use of reason before they get the knowledge of those general truths but deny that men's coming to the use of reason is the time of their discovery thirteen by this they are not distinguished from their other noble truths in the meantime it is observable that this saying that men know and assent to these maxims when they come to the use of reason amounts in reality of fact to no more but this that they are never known nor taken notice of before the use of reason but may possibly be assented to some time after during a man's life 
but when is uncertain and so may all other noble truths as well as these which therefore have no advantages nor distinction from other by this note of being known when we come to the use of reason nor are thereby proved to be innate but quite the contrary fourteen if coming to the use of reason were the time of their discovery it would not prove them innate but secondly were it true that the precise time of their being known and ascended to where when men come to the use of reason neither would that prove them innate this way of arguing is as frivolous as the supposition itself is false for by what kind of logic will it appear that any notion is originally by nature imprinted in the mind in its first constitution because it becomes first to be observed and ascended to when a faculty of the mind which has quite a distinct province begins to exert itself and therefore the coming to the use of speech if it were supposed the time that these maxims are first assented to which it may be with as much the truth as the time when men come to the use of reason would be as good as a proof that they were innate as to say they are innate because men assent to them when they come to the use of reason i agree then with these men of innate principles that there is no knowledge of these general and self-evident maxims in the mind till it comes to the exercise of reason but i deny that the coming to the use of reason is the precise time when they are first taken notice of and if that were the precise time i deny that it would prove them innate all that can with any truth be meant by this proposition that men assent to them when they come to the use of reason is no more but this that making of general abstract ideas and understanding of general names being a concomitant of the rational faculty and growing up with it children commonly get not those general ideas nor learn the names that stand for them till having a good while exercised they reason about familiar and more particular ideas they are by their ordinary discourse and action with others acknowledged to be capable of rational conversation if assenting to these maxims when men come to the use of reason can be true in any other sense i desire it be shown or at least how in this or any other sense it proves them innate fifteen the steps by which the mind attains several truths the senses at first let in particular ideas and furnish the yet empty cabinet and the mind by degrees growing familiar with some of them they are lodged in the memory and the names got to them afterwards the mind proceeding further abstracts them and by degrees learns the use of the general names in this manner the mind comes to be furnished with ideas and the language the materials about which to exercise its discursive faculty and the use of reason becomes daily more visible as these materials that give it employment increase but though 
the having of general ideas and the use of general words and reason usually grow together yet i see not how this any way proves them innate the knowledge of some truths i confess is very early in the mind but in a way that shows them not to be innate for if we will observe we shall find it still to be about ideas not innate but acquired it being about those first which are imprinted by external things with which infants have earliest to do which make the most frequent impressions on their senses in ideas thus got the mind discovers that some agree and others differ probably as soon as it has any use of memory as soon as it is able to retain and perceive distinct ideas but whether it be then or no this is certain it does so long before it has the use of words or comes to that which we commonly call the use of reason for a child knows as certainly before it can speak the difference between the ideas of sweet and bitter that is that sweet is not bitter as it knows afterwards when it comes to speak that wormwood and sugar plums are not the same thing sixteen assent to the supposed innate truths depends on having clear and distinct ideas of what their terms mean and not on their innateness a child knows not that three and four are equal to seven till he comes to be able to count seven and has got the name and the idea of equality and then upon explaining those words he presently assents to or rather perceives the truth of that proposition but neither does he then readily assent to because it is an innate truth nor was this assent wanting till then because he wanted the use of reason but the truth of it appears to him as soon as he has settled in his mind the clear and distinct ideas that these names stand for and then he knows the truth of that proposition upon the same ground and by the same means that he knew before that a rod and a cherry are not the same thing and upon the same ground also that he may come to know afterwards that it is impossible for the same thing to be and not to be as shall be more fully shown hereafter so that the later it is before any one comes to have those general ideas about which those maxims are or to know the signification of those generic terms that stand for them or to put together in his mind the ideas they stand for later also will it be before he comes to assent to those maxims whose terms with ideas they stand for being no more innate than those of a cat or a weasel he must stay till time and observation have acquainted him with them and then he will be in a capacity to know the truth of these maxims upon the first occasion that shall make him put together those ideas in his mind and observe whether they agree or disagree according as is expressed in those propositions and therefore it is that a man knows that eighteen and nineteen are equal to thirty-seven by the same self-evidence 
that he knows one and two to be equal to three yet a child knows this not so soon as the other not for the want of use of reason but because the ideas of the words eighteen nineteen and thirty-seven stand for are not so soon got as those which are signified by one two and three end of section one read by lambda